It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. We are live with another edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. Um, and I guess as scripted as a scripted podcast intro can go, uh, we're sort of taking things day by day here at CLNS Media in the host chair, just like our Patriots that we're covering are at the quarter acquisition. Uh, so I am Mike Cadlick, filling in for Ryan Spagnoli. Um, and I'm here with uh, Real Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Alex, how are hey. we doing today? Hey. This is, um, this is like... I, I I I ascribe to the Felgren Mass School, you know, point of view. I, I I don't agree with them on a ton of things. I agree with them on this. Nobody wants to watch me and you play grab ass here. I had a good day. You had a good day. We get it. Let's let's get to the football here. No, really. Tell me how your day was. I'm I'm curious to hear about it. I was down at Gillette. It's mainly football related. So you tell me where to start. Awesome. Let's talk about it. So uh, we're gonna get right into it on Pat's first Packers uh, coming up this Sunday at four twenty five. Um, we will start with injuries because both these teams are pretty banged up here uh, heading into week four. It's early, only in the first so quarter or so of the season, but uh, both these teams are really going through it right now. It's football, we'll man. start with, yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll start with the Patriots opponents here in the Green Bay Packers. I'm looking at their injury report right in front of me today, and uh, two of their stars, Jair Alexander and David Bakhtiari, both did not participate in practice. Um, yep. Backup running back A.J. Dillon. Was limited earlier in the week. He did practice today. Uh, number one, de facto number one wide receiver, Alan Lazard, was limited as well. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, old 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 head tight end up in Green Bay, did not participate. And uh, rookie wide receiver Christian Watson did end up uh, practicing today. So any initial thoughts off the top just on the Packers' uh, sort of depleted roster going into week four? Yeah, I mean, I, like you said, you start with Alexander and Bakhtiari, and, and I'll start with Alexander. I, I actually think he's underrated, and he was an all-pro two years ago. Took a little bit of a step back last year, but I think he's – I think there's a conversation for him in the top five cover corners in the league right now. Completely agree. Yeah, he's Was a 100% usage rate guy, played every single snap through the first two weeks, got hurt last week. Again, was limited yesterday. The Packers did what was called a jog-through, so not quite a walk-through, but not a full right. practice. If they're if they're missing him, that's big. Now they have Eric Stokes on the other side, who's a good player. The guy I was a big fan of in the draft a couple of years ago, but they took him in the first round, didn't they? Was it late? I feel like the first? They, Did they trade him for the second? I think they reached for him. Up, it might have been yeah, in the first was, round. Good yeah. pick. But anyway, the, the point being. Uh, Alexander is a massive loss. I mean, that's not just a number one corner. That's a, that's, you know, we did this with JC Jackson. You know, is he number one? Is he a lockdown? Is he an ACE? Jerry Alexander's an ACE playing right. flat, simple. Totally. And he's a huge part of what the Packers do defensively. If he can't play, that's big. I don't know that it entirely flips the game, but cause you know, I would say, well, man, you're going to, you know, take advantage with Kendrick Bourne running all over the field. 
Patriots might <laughs> disallow that on their own, but maybe it's yeah. Devontae Parker. Little Jordan Humphrey instead. <laughs> um, he'd be a big loss. Bakhtiari is a little different. He hasn't played a full game in two years. He tours yeah. ACL late in 2020. Uh, played his first game of this season last week, and he played every other drive. He's a good football player, though. Like, he is. If, if, yeah. if he can't play, that's a big deal. The other interesting one, to me, really interesting one, is, is A.J. Dillon, who you mentioned. Uh, you, you called him a backup running back, which I guess is technically true, but it's really— If you a, look at the depth chart, it's true, but, I mean, he gets just it's, as many it, touches. It, it's as, yeah. arguably the best one-two running back punch in the league. They'll both play, yep. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a, I mean, a big guy, 250-pound back leads the league in, in yards after contact per carry. And when you look at a Patriots defense that's missed 21 tackles in three games, it's the fourth most in the league. A.J. Dillon is a guy who, in theory, poses a, a massive problem to them. So I'd be shocked if he didn't play. But if he's a guy who's not 100%, you know, can you take advantage of that? Is he maybe not as much a part of the game plan? Uh, so that's an interesting one. And uh, I'll say this, too, and we can get into this later in the show. Mm-hmm. But my, you know, my big overarching take about this game. And I think a lot of what we do on this show and a lot of how I try to structure my coverage is getting fans ready for the game, right? What should, you know, here's what you should be looking at. Here's what to expect this and that. The one thing I would say to fans to prepare for this game, if you're a casual fan who doesn't watch, you know, you watch Patriots, you don't watch the other teams a ton. You don't follow them. This is not the green Bay Packers team. You remember last time they played the Patriots. This is not the green Bay Packers team that you probably think of when you think of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game. He's averaging 31 pass attempts per game this year. They haven't broken 300 passing yards in a game yet this season. When it comes to pass attempts, they're 22nd in the league. Their pass rate is 21st in the league. This is a run-dominant offense between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And even when they throw the ball, they're throwing it to those two guys, to the backs. This is a right. smash mouth ground yeah. football team that is also good. You know, they're even though they have Aaron Rodgers, their carrying trait might be their defense. They've got a ton of studs on defense. That's in, in some that's what ways, I was just going to say. Let you get into it in a second. In some ways, and this is yeah. part of why I think this game's super interesting. In some ways, the Packers are built very similarly to the Patriots, at least philosophically. Now they probably have more talent across the board than the Patriots do, but the overall philosophy right now, even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, they have no receivers. Their receivers, they totally cleared house on right. that. The overall philosophy is actually very similar. Yeah, and just kind of like you said, building off that and kind of we'll get into it more in depth when we go over some of the offensive and defensive stuff going into the uh, the game on Sunday. But yeah, just just like you said, that's it's really flipped from the Packers of old, right? You think right. Rodgers goes back and slings it to his guys like Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson or... You know, whoever whoever else he was chucking the ball to past Jimmy couple of years. And then, yeah, and a, and a team that you don't really think of really anyone on their defense aside from Clay Matthews because of, like, you know, the long hair that he, you know, flew back right. there. Right. Not taking anything away from Clay Matthews there. But now their defense is filled with studs like, you know, Jair Alexander. Quay Walker has played pretty well so far his rookie year. Yep. Um, Zedere, I mean, they're just – they're loaded. They're loaded on defense. Kenny, let's and, not you know, forget Clay, Kenny Clark could be a – a big factor in this game. Yeah, and the, 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 the other one was line. I was going to Rashawn Gary too, that linebacker who's been a stud over the last couple of years. So they're loaded. Uh, they're loaded on the back end as long as they're healthy. So I guess we'll kind of see what happens there with Alexander as the week goes on. Right. Um, 
But getting into the Devondre Patriots Devondre Campbell, list. who you were thinking of? Devondre Campbell's another one. Yes, yes. You almost one. said Zadarius Smith. He was there last year. Yes, week. I did. He's now in, yeah, he's in, in Minnesota. I think you were thinking yeah. of Devondre Campbell. I've done that a couple yeah. times this week. Yeah, I think he leads them in tackles I was looking at earlier, too. So he's yeah. been he's been dominant for that Packers uh, front seven. But the one we care about is the Patriots list, obviously. Um, the big yeah. one here is Mac Jones. But let's kind of look at the other ones. Um, Yanni Kajust, swing tackle, didn't participate today. Lawrence yep. Guy also was not a participant again. That's what I was going to kind of build off when I went to cut you off in the first part was just oh sure with the running trying, game. trying to yeah trying to stop the run yep. with the running game um, could be a big that's going to be that'll be a big loss if they you know yep. having to stop Dylan and Aaron Jones there um, Raekwon McMillan limited Jacoby Myers limited Jalen Mills limited came up with a hamstring this week that could be that could be interesting with how they're going to cover their receivers uh, Adrian Phillips was also limited and Mac Jones obviously did not participate. Yep. Um, let's talk about the other guys before we get into Jones. Cause we'll have a lot to say okay. about Jones, but kind of just your thoughts on guy not being there today. Um, and also Raekwon McMillan on the, you know, on the back end of the defense there. Yeah. I mean, those are two of your better run defenders. I think those are guys that you hope you see this week. McMillan, it feels like is like right on the verge. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. Didn't play a ton against Pittsburgh, but he was active. He was inactive last week. It's a thumb injury. I'm not as concerned with him. Guy. I wonder about. The really interesting one for me, though, look, he's been out there, but Jalen Mills yeah. didn't he, he popped up on the injury report last week. We didn't really hear much about it. He didn't finish the game against the Ravens with the hamstring. And now he's on the injury report. again. We never heard anything about it, why he didn't finish right. the game or whatever. So this is another game. We kind of talked about it with, with when I was on with Ryan, we were doing the Steelers, you know, the Patriots built their defense and their secondary to better handle these like faster, shiftier receivers, Isaiah McKenzie, right? And they did a very good job of that. The flip side is they really don't have the size in the secondary they used to with Jalen Mills really being their one big, true boundary yeah. outside corner. And then you have Jack Jones who's a rookie who's played well, but is is more solid now, I guess was more of a question mark earlier in the season. But this is a bigger Bigger group of receivers. Christian Watson's a big guy. Right. Romeo Dubs a big guy. You got to worry about the tight ends here. Robert Tanyan is a name we haven't brought up yet as a guy who's going to be a factor. So Lazard too, if he plays, obviously. Al Lazard's a big guy. You're right. He's on there. So yeah, this you you, you kind of need size if they're going to throw. And I know I said defending the runs the, the big thing in this game, and I I still stand by that. But sure, still Aaron Rodgers. You can't totally right. ask go right. <laughs> you need bigger corners to defend bigger receivers. So this could be like a sneaky big game for Jalen Mills and mm. his injury really. And, you know, obviously with Mac hurt, it's kind of slipped under the radar, but we really haven't heard anything. We haven't heard any updates. Maybe that's good. Maybe he's fine. And it's just usual wear and tear. Right. Maybe, you know, another week we'd get a lot more updates, but Max the quarterback and, that's what people want to hear about, but that's actually, yeah, no one's really team. asked about, no one's really asked about Mills because everyone's right. focused on Mac. Yeah. Mills is I, I, Max side. Obviously Mills is really the injury that stands out to me this week. I think guy, I mean, he seems pretty banged up. He's probably yeah. not going to play Raekwon McMillan. I, I am not super worried about Jalen Mills is the biggest question to me beyond Mac. Want to take a quick minute to tell you about bet online. Football is back and bet online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to BetOnline.eg. 
to join and receive your 50%. Yes, that's right. 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. I'm curious too, kind of how they, if Mills can't go, how they do it from the cornerback position. Cause I mean, a guy like Jonathan Jones has been a stud this year. He yeah. was pretty good last year too, but he's, he's good as a two, right? And that's kind of the conversation we had with Mills going into this year is okay. Mills was good as a two with JC at one, but right. Mills has stepped up as one. Jones has stepped up as two. If he can't go, how does Jones play as the number one corner and kind of how do they fill in the back end? So, I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, we can. There's, it's probably a zone thing. I, yeah. I think you also kind of hunt matchups, right? You, you, you try to get him at least a guy, a speed guy. So it's right. somebody more stylistically, not somebody's going to, you're not going to put him on Alan Lazard, who's a 50, 50 ball guy. Probably right. You know, Christian Watson hasn't played a ton since he had a blunder in week one. So I, I guess yeah. he's on Romeo dubs. You probably Blunder's an understatement there. Holy crap. <laughs> Jack, you, you, you probably throw Jack Jones with help on, on Alan Lazard. You hope Kyle Duggar's back to handle Robert Tanya. Look, Robert Tanya, it's not Mark Andrews, but it's a damn good tight end. Uh, right. That would probably be the setup for me. And then it's miles Bryant. Uh, again, guessing what they would do. I would play Marcus Jones more, but it, that doesn't seem to be around the corner. So, right. and then you probably get Miles Bryant on whoever it is they're featuring in the slot in this game, whether it's Samari Ture, the rookie, or Amari Rogers, the second-year player. They've kind of, you know, shuffled between those guys. Or Randall Cobb actually is the other one. Randall Cobb will right. probably be the slot guy. That's uh, that's Miles Bryant's matchup. Should be interesting how they do at a corner, but let's get into the main one here, and that's Mac Jones. Um, yeah. So Mac Jones obviously suffered that high ankle sprain against the Ravens last week. Um, has not practiced this week, but some interesting reports coming out of Foxborough today from uh, ES, or ESPN, NFL Network's Mike Giardi. Yeah. Uh, so Giardi said that today Mac is in the facility. He was participating in game planning. He has told multiple teammates himself to not count him out of the game plan, or not count him out of the game rather. And he's still operating as if he has a chance. Um, Giardi followed up and said the practice is scheduled for 1230. That was obviously prior to Mac not practicing. Um, but then Giardi followed up after practice as well, saying that a unnamed Patriots player told him, we love Mac, he's a tough guy, but he's hurting pretty good. Then that he hopes everyone's kind of smart about this and that it's a long season. Um, I'm of the mindset that there's absolutely no way Mac plays this weekend. Um, I think this whole thing is just a lot of gamesmanship on the Pats end. I think they're just kind of doing it honestly to maybe throw the Packers off a little bit. I don't, I don't see a way that Mac plays this weekend. There's too much on the line and it's almost, it, it, it seems kind of nonsensical to throw him out there uh, this early. He might be ready for Detroit, but I just don't see it. And I also think that kind of building off that, the reports of this rift, you know, between Mac and the team where we don't know what's going like, they want him to get the surgery. He doesn't want to get the surgery. I feel like that. I don't really see that here. I kind of see this as Mac and the team being on the same page as far as put these reports out there, make it seem like I'm maybe going to play, throw out the two game plan, the two game plan story that Graziano from ESPN reported and kind of just make the Packers think for a week. But uh, ultimately I don't see Mac going this weekend. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that's certainly part of it. I I'd be shocked if he played. I don't doubt that he wants to play. Right. And okay. Fair. So, so Mac, Mac's never missed a game due to injury before. I mean, going back to high school, like, you know, he's okay. never been in this spot. So I think he, what you have here, are a combination of things. I think he has a little bit of that edge where, you know, when he gets this, when he got the starting job at Alabama, his senior year, 
mm-hmm. it's because he he played well at the end of his junior year after Tua had the hip injury. Right. When Mac came in, they had like other top recruits coming in at that point. Mac was by no means guaranteed to be the starter. His it was Bryce Young, year. wasn't it? He beat out Bryce Young. Yeah. 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 Mac was not, you know, it would, Tua was going to finish the year and they were going to go right to Bryce Young. Right. Mac showed enough at the end of his junior year to get the job his senior year. The reason I'm telling this story, Mac won his job in college because the starter got hurt. Fast forward to, you know, the Patriots. I'm not saying Mac would have never won the starting job, but was it expedited a little bit because Cam Newton had a foot injury? He had to go get looked at. Then all of a sudden there's that COVID issue and mm-hmm. he had to sit out that practice against the Giants. Mac lights it up a week later. Cam Newton's no longer a Patriot. We used to say this about Tom Brady all the time, right? With Tom Brady, why he wouldn't let anybody else take snaps. Tom knows how he got his job. That was kind of a common phrase. I think there's a little bit of that with Mac Jones, where Mac knows how he's gotten, how far he knows how he's gotten to this point, right? Right. He, and, and I'm not saying Brian Hoyer is going to come in and steal the job from him, but it's a principal thing, you know. You don't think Zappy can do it? I, I, I'm saying if Mac's going to miss a long period of time, Zappy. No, right, right, right. Conversation. Yeah. I, I, I think Mac's just paranoid to get. To, to not be out there. I think at the same time, the second level of this is Brady did have that same mentality. That was maybe Belichick's favorite part about him. Was right. That he did not miss time. I'm sure Max hearing behind the scenes, you know, the, the, this, you know, great, you know, Iron Man stretch that Tom Brady had. And I'm sure right. that puts pressure on him. And then I think the third element of it is, and like I said before, he's never been hurt before. I don't think he may not know exactly what he's, deal what what this entails right right oh i'm hurt i'll play he he may not have a full understanding just having never been through the situation personally in his life he may not really understand exactly what's going on when he says oh i'm gonna play don't count me out of right. play right so i i buy it i buy that he wants to play i buy that he thinks he's gonna play all of that that's awesome i love it that's absolutely the mentality you want in your starting quarterback right. and after the back injury thing a couple of weeks ago where that, that one kind of went the other way where it seemed like, as ah, he being a little soft, he had to get the x-rays yeah. and then he was fine. This is great to see. It's excellent to see that being said, I can't find any evidence of a guy who's played on a high ankle sprain the next week. If, if it's right. happened, either it wasn't reported or it, you know, has somehow escaped the minds of the internet. So, or it was a quarterback, though, because I feel like that's that's the position where you can maybe do it. And I'm so I, I'm of the way, mindset where you way back like pre ACL Brady, there was one year where like late in the season he suffered. Nobody ever knew what it was. It was a leg injury. They never specified, okay. but he still played. Like he he limped off the field after game. There were these there was an instant report that he was going to be out for a long time, and then we never really heard about it again. Sure. So. Somebody brought up that that may have been like at, at the time, high ankle injury was one of the high ankle sprain was one of the injuries that was speculated, yeah. but you know, it's never been for sure. Uh, it would be really impressive if he plays, especially when you look at last week, how much he moved around and what a big part of the, his yeah, game no, that he was. impressed me with the legs. Yeah. He's not, if he does play, he's not gonna be able to do that. I mean, just right. plain and simple physically, he's not gonna be able to do it. So I, I, I believe all the reports that he wants to play that he thinks he's going to play. I I just I don't see how it happens. I think he's going to be back sooner than people expect. I yeah. agree with that. Detroit maybe is a bit much, but I was going to say I feel like I, if, if he, he can play, rests, it'd be a great story. I just don't see how it happens. If he rests, I feel like 
if he rests, no surgery, kind of lets it go down as is. I feel like Detroit's a maybe a reasonable spot to try and do it. Um, but there's, I don't know, like kind of going off what I was just saying, there's been quarterbacks in the past who have played in games with rather debilitating injuries, I guess. Like even last, I know it's different and it's, it's your ribs, but like Justin Herbert last week kind of went out there and just, if you protect him and you can stand up straight, you can kind of sling the ball as much as possible. Well, same hey, with I, I put, hang Phillip on, I Rivers push. had played on an ACL before. I mean, so let me push back on the Herbert thing because I've seen this okay. out there today. Two things. It's definitely one, different. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's right. not your – go ahead. Sorry. One, Mac isn't – as much as I love Mac Jones, and I got called a big-time Mac apologist and a Mac baby and all that after the last well, Yeah, show. that's I what you like are. Mac Jones. He's not Justin Herbert. Two, Justin Herbert should not have played in that game that was monumentally stupid. If this was well, a Chargers podcast – I would have spent an hour ripping. I, I, I have spent time on the show ripping Brandon Staley for being an idiot. We would have done an hour on it. He should not so, have been out there. He no, should not he have played that played game. The, he should have no, started the game. No, you need should. to get a win. They were already one and one, and they're playing in one of the hardest divisions in football. He's a you give your five-year-old All-Pro quarterback with broken ribs. The last thing you need. The last thing you need. Okay, is but one I'm not. Of those ribs going into his lung, and now he's lost for the season. That was okay, but they're so also wildly a Super Bowl caliber roster. They're a Super Bowl, cal- Super Bowl caliber roster. Super Bowl caliber in the hardest roster, division in football, up, playing an AFC opponent, competing for a wild card. I put him. You, you don't play at the end. Him playing at the end when it got out of hand and Jacksonville was giving it to him. Take him out of the game. That was stupid. Staley kind of blamed that on Herbert at the end, which I didn't like. He said Justin wanted to be out there. Which no, Brent Staley, you, as the head coach, you take him out at that point. Exactly. But I don't blame them for putting him in the game to start. I would 100. percent You're a the Super Bowl Jaguars, favorite or a Super Bowl. The Jaguars team. had not won on the West Coast in like five. I think it was five years. Okay, but it's a new year with a new team, with a new coach, with a second year quarterback who's looking not, to take a leap. You can he take not there. He should not. You got to win games. You got to win, win games, games in this league, Alex. Against. The one thing the Jaguars have, they got a hell of a pass rush. They got very, very lucky. Anyway, uh, but that, that's they have a decent line. On, I don't know uh, on comparing okay. it because I, if it were if we were covering the Chargers, I would have ripped them for playing him in that game. Now, and we probably would have had this a, a sprained ankle, but right, a sprained ankle is a little different. Uh, it's not as threatening. It's not as easy to aggravate. I don't think you can necessarily make it like you're not at a higher risk to to you know break your ankle or anything like that. Right. I believe so. I wouldn't uh, – it, it, it's a little apples and oranges to me. But, uh, it. I mean, it is fair to – like, guys play hurt, yes. But I, I think they're different situations. No, I agree. But, uh, well, let's tie this back into Mac trying to fight for his job a little bit, as you said. Um, and we will give a quick well, shout-out to our sponsors at LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, because these days, every new potential hire uh, – can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you can have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So it's super, super duper easy to post a job on LinkedIn Jobs. Um, you simply add it, and then you can bo- add both your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile picture, and that'll spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire, who you'd like to interview and hire. You know, we're getting into the wintertime. It's nearing the end of 2022, so it's time to finish the year strong. The right team member vetted by LinkedIn Jobs is the best way to help you do that. 
This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs as number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash beat. That's linkedinjobs.com slash beat. You can see it on the lower third there. Uh, to post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. Let's get back into it. Um, we can start off with the offense here. Um, we both are of the mindset, like we just said, that Mac Jones is not going to play. All signs point to Brian Hoyer at the helm uh, for the Patriots All signs, offense. I mean, Bill, that's the one thing Bill has confirmed, is that yeah. Hoyer will start if it's not Mac. The and one thing say, he gave us. If there's one lesson you've taught me so far in this in this industry, Alex, is that you listen to Bill Belichick when he tells you things. When he, a- yes, to, when he actually uh, gives Jelani you something, Tavai. Yes. Jelani Tavai is going to start a quarterback <laughs> on Sunday. There you go. Exactly. So uh, we will take Belichick at his word there that Brian Hoyer will go if Mac Jones can't. Yeah. Um, Hoyer is 0-11 in his last 11 starts. Um, however, another tidbit that I found while kind of prepping for this week's uh, writing and show is that Hoyer is 10-6, and was 10-6 and with the Cleveland Browns and has the best record in Cleveland Browns starting quarterback history. That is true. So, double-edged sword there. Um, ultimately, what do you think of Hoyer being at the helm? How does the offense switch? Um, and kind of just your thoughts on Hoyer taking the reins here for uh, this Packers week. So I, I think at least when it comes to this game, right, maybe maybe next week against Detroit, there's more variation. I actually think this should be a run-heavy game plan either way. Now, yeah. it's probably more run-heavy with Hoyer. Like with, with Mac, I'm thinking you go like 50-50. Now, we, now we're getting in. I saw some people said it in the chat. We're getting into that Buffalo Bills wind game territory if, mm-hmm. if we're putting Hoyer under center, right? But – I think it's a game where the Patriots should run the ball a good amount. This has been their recipe against elite quarterbacks. And over the last couple of years, you know, post Brady, and it's generally worked. Run the football, kill the clock, shorten the game, limit the total number of possessions, and get aggressive on defense and try to force some turnovers. Like, that's kind of how the Patriots have hung in these games, have won, you know, the Buffalo game last year, have won a game. Granted, that game had the win, but... I think it's a run-heavy game. I, I I would have said that before Mac got hurt, but yeah. it's going to be Hoyer. Uh, I I think it should be a healthy dose of both Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. Both of those guys appear to be healthy. The offensive line, starting offensive line, looks like it's healthy. Take advantage of that. Run it down their throat. That to me is what what the offense should be this week. And does that help them? And I mean, silly question, I guess, but do, do they have what it takes against this dominant Packers defense? I mean, this Packers defense is really legit. We said it in the first segment, but. I mean, they the have, they have the guys. Offense. I think people are. I was going to say, yeah, their, their defense is legit. I think they've given up like 15 points a game in the first three, um, two games against the Vikings, which they lost, but they played the Vikings, yeah. the Bucks, and I can't remember who the third game was, but I mean, they've played some pretty viable opponents and their, their defense is playing solid. Do you think they, they can kind of get it going on the run game? I think so, because if you look at the Packers weaknesses and look, they do have Kenny Clark. And Kenny Clark's going to cause right. problems. But around him, teams have been able to run the ball in the Packers through three weeks. Packers are 24th in the league in rushing yards per attempt allowed. 4.9, almost five yards of carry against them. Mm-hmm. They're above average against the pass. They're either top 10 or just outside of the top 10, defending the pass in most major categories. They're bottom of the league against the run. So, yeah, I, I think the Patriots should be able to run the ball well in this game. Will, you know, will it be well enough to overcome – Packers rushing game and Aaron Rodgers and all that. I I, right. I think you, you need some help from the defense. You're going to need a turnover too. You need to win the turnover battle. 
Forget totally. getting a turnover. You have to win the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think that it's I, I, I think the rush the running game should have a good week this week. I think they should be able to run the ball, run yeah. the ball off and run the ball well against the Packers. No, I agree. I'm looking at the the I'm pulling this up from the chat here. Um they did play the garbage bears was their third game. Um so I, Andrew but, but what what's the one thing that garbage bears do well? Is run the football. That's that's yeah, no, that's knock on the what is it, twenty four pass attempts through three games or whatever that ludicrous low number is, right? right. Well, what does it mean when you throw the ball twenty five or forty five times through three games? It means you run the ball a lot. Bears right. are no, averaging sure. five point four yards a carry. It's fifth in the league. I, I'm not saying the Bears are gonna come out here and win the Super Bowl. Right. That's not what I'm saying, but they're somehow two and one, which I don't the, get. What, but well, because they can run the ball. They they are really good at running the football. That's why. Okay. Well, put I guess pairing that up then with what you just said, the uh, the Packers having a subpar run game and, or run defense. The Patriots. I saw a stat earlier. I don't remember exactly where I pulled it from. I think it was Football Outsiders. I think they were number one in DVOA rushing the football. So that can kind of line up against each other pretty well. I think the Pats. If they're going to win this game or at least keep it close, it's going to be because of that run game. It's not going to be because of Brian Hoyer. He's going to kind of, right, you know, take take the reins and be the game manager that he's kind he's of always the been. In his he, he's not the driver. Yeah, exactly. He's in the passenger seat. I don't right, know he's, the, sure. eh, he's in the back seat. Passenger seat maybe next. Yeah. Week. Dry, back seat this week. Yeah, give him the back seat. So uh, yeah. a question that I actually saw on your station, ninety eight five, the Sports Hub, earlier today, and I kind of wanted to bring it to you, and I'll give you my take. But would you rather have if Mac can play? Would you rather have Mac t- t- on Sunday at, say, 70% or would you rather 100% Brian Hoyer? What gives you a better chance to win? Uh, I'm going to take a cop out here. Mm. Just, I don't typical, know. Typical Barth. Right. <laughs> I would, I, so, okay, so here's two options. I know I said earlier, like, you're not at more risk to break the ankle if you play on a sprained right. ankle. If Mac can't, if the, the window to return to full health is what it is, right? If it's, you know... Hey, if you don't have surgery, it's six weeks till it's fully healed. Period. End of story. It's not going to get any worse. Give me Mac. Give, give me Mac at 70%, right? At least right. to start. I, I think you give him a bit of a leash, but you see, if it's if, if the medical team comes in and says, well, you know, if you get hit wrong or you slide wrong, your cleat gets caught in the turf, now we're looking at you definitely can't play and it's two, two and a half months. Right. I'm not risking that, right? So that's my caveat. As long as he can't extend... And obviously, he can extend. You know, he get hurt somewhere else. He hurt his shoulder right, or whatever. Right. As long as he can't extend the recovery time of the actual injury, if he truly is seventy percent, now I think that number is generous. Yeah, I, I would think agree. it's. I think it's closer to fifty and probably under because you're losing yeah. the whole runaround part of his game. Right. If it's really seventy percent and he can't add any time to to the injury, then yeah, I'll take that. I think you're probably looking at like forty percent. In that case, yeah, you're just okay. going to run the ball a ton anyway. Then put right. Hoyer out there. Yeah, I agree. Give give Hoyer the shot. I mean, well, look, obviously we I want. Mean, really, I'd we, like to see Zappy, but again, it's another conversation. I mean, I would also. I had this conversation with my buddies earlier in the week. Of course, we yeah. want to see Bailey Zappy because that's more fun. But realistically, to win the game, you're going out there to win a game. You're going to put Brian Hoyer in over Bailey Zappy. Right. He's more ready right now. Um, yeah. And I would agree too. On, just on that question, I would go with Hoyer as well. I think that. Similar to the Kansas City game where they played it close for a little while in 2020 and it ultimately got away from them at the end. Right. But they kind of, they game planned it correctly around Hoyer. He made a couple bonehead mistakes. You know, the, I, did he 
Did he run the clock out at the end of the half, or did he, he throw took a stupid sack in? at the end of the yeah. half when they were in field goal range? Yeah. I, the, the thing to remember. He kind of tried to make too, too much happen. Go ahead. Right. That moment, I think, it was that moment, and then it snowballed on him from there. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I will say about that game, and people keep going back to that game, and how can you start this guy? Look what he did last time he was on the field, yada, yada, yada. Right. He found out on Friday. He was starting on Sunday. Yeah. He. He had a worry that he had COVID. He didn't even know if he was going to play. He's testing the whole time. Right. He said that earlier or yesterday, right. I think. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's not just him. I mean, everybody on that offense, they had to essentially create a brand new offense in two days. They weren't going to run with Brian Hoyer what they did with Cam Newton. Right. I don't think they're going to run with Brian Hoyer what they did with Mac Jones, but it's going to look a hell of a lot more But it's similar. a lot different. Yeah, totally. I think I don't think it's necessarily different calls. I think you maybe just have to take some stuff out. I think you can call what you've been calling, just not all of it. Whereas with with the Cam Newton to Brian Hoare, I mean, you would have called different plays. You would have right, it's a, won the yeah. different offense compared to what you had prepared for the whole week. So right. I, I think I understand why people want to bring that game up. It's not totally irrelevant, but I you really can't put a ton of weight on it. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one other thing on the offensive side of the ball I want to touch on before we get into defense, uh, and I wrote about it a little bit on clmsmedia.com in my game preview, which you can check out now. I published that earlier this afternoon, but um, is the wide receiver room because you're looking at Jacoby Myers, who was limited in practice again. You're looking at Kendrick Bourne, who has his low snap count again last week, outpaced by little Jordan Humphrey, which again, it's a blocking thing. People look at it uh, on the surface and they see that little Jordan Humphrey outsnaps Kendrick Bourne. And you're like, oh my God, what's going on? But he's a better blocker. They keep him in line and it's kind of, that's the way they're using little Jordan. And it's, it's good because their, their tight ends have been kind of not great in the passing game or in the blocking game rather. Um, but then you also look at Devontae Parker who had a career career day last week, five for one fifty six. I think I kind of want to see if Jacoby plays, but if not, I think Parker's going to get a ton of targets again. I think he kind of showed last week that he can be that guy for them, you know, go up and get a type of guy. I think also with a even more streamlined offense this week than we've seen with Mac Jones, I think he's going to be a big target for Hoyer. I think it's going to be a kind of one to two read thing. And it's going to be Parker to Bourne, Parker to Aguilar, vice versa. And it's, they're not going to, it's not going to be as opened up. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what you think about the receiver room as a whole going into Packers week. If Jacoby plays, I mean, I think you're looking at like 15 targets. This It's going to be, it's going to be. Right. Totally, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If Jacoby plays, it's him. Parker. And if he doesn't, it's, it's Parker. I think it's, a, I see, I don't think it's Parker because he's running down the field. I think it's a check down heavy offense. Honestly, the guy I look for after Jacoby, especially with how much they're playing him, is LJ Humphrey because he's kind yeah, of. They're those, not running a lot of routes with him, are they? Eh, they're running decent. He, they're using him to block in the run game and on screens. Right. But when he does run, run routes, when he does run routes, it's seven to 15 yards, find right. the hole in the zone, sit down, catch the football. That's going to be their bread and butter. That is the yeah. safest play in their playbook. That's where that, I mean, that's what, when they threw the ball against the Chiefs in that game, that's what they did. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, you'll see some screens, and that honestly should be an Aguilar more than anybody else. But I right. think, you know, when they're when they're trying to throw the ball, you know, you get in a third and six, third and seven. If it's Jacoby Myers, if it's not Jacoby Myers, it's going to be LJ Humphrey. I'd love to see Bourne in that role. I think he's excellent in that role. Right. Apparently, that's just not going to happen. They're not doing you know, it. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, you know, we're reporters. We're here to tell you what we think is good, what we think they're going to do, not what we would do. Nobody right. cares what I'm going to do because it's not going to happen. I'm not in charge. Uh, I I think it, after uh, Jacoby Myers, I think you're going to see a good amount of LJ Humphrey on Sunday. 
Silbar thinks this is going to be the little Jordan Humphrey game up at Lambeau Field. Uh, Jacoby game, but Plaster I think you're going to see a good amount of little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, he'll okay, be he'll so... be the uh, I don't want to say the opening act, but like uh, his second billing, second billing. Okay, so in theory, then Myers doesn't play, and does it does it turn into is it just are they toast if Meyer doesn't play because they have nothing to go in the passing game? Actually, okay, so I I, I think at that point maybe it's Johnu Smith. Okay. And John Smith, as a good yards after catch guy, should be heavily utilized in this game. Right. I think if if it's Hoyer and Myers isn't playing, I think we're in full on Buffalo windstorm game yeah. territory. I think yeah, it's, I agree. You know, I I think at that point, if Myers can play and throw a ball a little bit, if it's not him, you know, I again, I'd go John or somebody in the chat. Why aren't the tight ends playing more? They should be. But if you're down yeah, Mac, just... you're down Jacoby. Get ready for another three pass game. I think that. And if it, but they're not going to, if it goes into that, can't even attempt to pass the ball game, then they're, they're screwed. I think they're done in that, in that regard. Cause Rogers is going to get his, at least a little bit to, they can't, they can't play it like they did in Buffalo. They're just not going to be able to do it. Um, any more thoughts before we get into defense? Uh, I wish they had a fullback this week. Yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah. Let me add this. Okay. I wonder if Myers doesn't play if they elevate a receiver, if they elevate Lynn Bowden. He'd be an interesting player to have in this game. Good slot receiver. Yeah. Wildcat quarterback potential. Somebody in the him. chat before said, you know, guarantee Jacoby Myers pass this week. Uh, if you can get, uh, you know, over under half a pass attempt for Jacoby Myers, uh, that over probably looks pretty good, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, Lynn Bowden, especially if Myers can't play, would be a similar guy. I that's He's another double pass candidate too. Lynn Bowden's a double pass candidate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying. played a little quarterback in Kentucky. With him. Yeah. You can put him in the slot. I mean, he's going to kind of do similar things to what Jacoby Myers does. That that would be interesting to see. If they elevate Lynn Bowden, they're they're up to some real freaky stuff this week. If they elevate Lynn Bowden, it's going <laughs> to be a it's going to be a, a wild gameplay. It's going to be. A I was going to say, do they play. even? Yeah, do they even have it in them to kind of run that wildcat offense with Lynn Bowden right away? I feel like. There would have had to be a lot more prep work in that. Than well, it's right away. It's been, it's been a month. It's been a month. Yeah, I suppose. But I think that I don't think we're seeing that. So let's move on to the defense. Um, and as we were just kind of talking about, Aaron Rodgers probably going to get his on Sunday. But the Packers' offense has not been as good as we'd expect. Uh, you'd expect them to be uh, this year. They're only averaging, I think, fifteen points a game. Rodgers yeah. has not been that two-time defensive player, defending MVP uh, that he was over the last two years. Obviously, he's got a slow start going on. Probably a lot to do with the loss of Devontae Adams because he they really have nothing in the receiver room anymore. Alan Lazard looks like their number one guy. Um, I guess initial thoughts on how the defense can play against this struggling Packers offense and initial thoughts and then we can kind of get into how will they match them up with Mills or if Mills not being out. Yeah, they, they blitzed Lamar Jackson a ton last week, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. It's generally not the, the, the playbook against Lamar, right. but... But if if you're going to get super aggressive and blitz elite quarterbacks who can tread the blitz, and look, Roger's been great against the blitz this year. This isn't the worst spot to do it. I don't want to say it's a good spot, but, you know, in the past, you couldn't blitz because we, we talked about all those receivers before, Jordy Nelson, right. Devontae Adams, like, you weren't covering those guys one-on-one down the field. You just weren't. So right. you're going to get open against the blitz. You got nobody downfield tackle. Am I am I getting ahead of myself for saying I, I think the Patriots could, should actually be able to win one on one across the board, the coverage matchups at least a significant amount enough 
You know, we talked no, about when I was kind of thinking it over. Yeah, I think so. Jalen Mills I, I on out guard. I would say that's mm-hmm. advantage Mills, right? Yeah. Jonathan Jones on Romeo Dubs. I would say Romeo that's Dubs, yeah. advantage Jonathan Jones. In the slot, Miles Bryant on on Randall Cobb, wash. But if you get beat, if you get beat by Rogers checking down against the blitz all day, that might be a win, right? right. If, yeah. if he's forcing the ball there, Robert Tanyan maybe scares me the most. If they don't have Kyle Duggar back, this game plan is a lot more scary. But I think Kyle Duggar can, can cover Robert Tanyan. Well, okay, now we might be in business again. Right, I, I hate playing blitz Aaron Rodgers because that's like it sounds gross just saying. Right, it. but. But, yeah, but you're also playing with house money this week in in your own right. right. Like you have Hoyer at the you have Hoyer on offense. You're not expected to win the game. It's I'm kind of surprised. It it sounds this is kind of a a media opinion here, but like I'm surprised they even have like Tony Romo and Jim Nance on the call. Like it kind of no, feels this, like this is just uh, no, like I, this kind of feels like a throwaway game with Hoyer there. I don't know. Well, no, because it's the it's they have to do a certain number of these game of the like it's, like, it's the America's game of the week or whatever, right? right? It's, it's the primetime, not primetime game. When they when they yeah, set this a game up, yeah, it's four twenty five. Yeah, you're right. right. Romo and Nance were always calling this game. It's Patriots Packers. It's you know massive nas- national appeal. It was going to be Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, versus Mac Jones, arguably the best rookie quarterback. I'm I'm talking about when right, they set the schedule the back in May. Right, right. you had that it's the Patriots at Lambeau Field. How, how meanwhile, how pissed is CVS? They have, I believe, the exclusive national. Uh, uh, late window and their two games are which probably looked great Patriots Packers yep and Broncos Raiders which oh yeah yeah you had you know these yeah, look- two the two new AFC West powerhouses and now right. Russ sucks and the Raiders are the only winless yeah, team Russ in football can't score. yeah seriously brutal brutal break for CBS but anyway yeah um where was I yeah so that? okay so yeah so like we we're saying yeah I I feel weird saying Blitz Rogers. Oh, that's what if I they want, can. Yeah. Here's the thing: if they can get pressure like they have with Judon, here's where it gets tricky, right? If you can get pressure with Judon, Barmore, and Wise, and then you know maybe you bring a fourth guy, maybe you bring Juwan Bentley, whatever, at a second level. Sure. But you know, if you can get pressure with four and drop seven, you're actually in pretty good shape in this game. Right? Guys shouldn't be getting open in that situation. Here's what the problem is. Barmore, Judon, Wise, that's not a run-defending defensive line. It's right. not. Those mm-hmm. guys just aren't, outside of maybe Wise a little bit, those guys really aren't big-time run defenders. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this to open the show. Packers aren't trying to win this game by dropping back 40, 45 times. They're trying to run the football down your throat. So, okay, do you put those guys out there and see if they can stop the run? If those guys can stop the run, you're golden. If those right. guys are consistently stopping the run, Patriots might win this game. I was going to say that that's a good recipe or, for them. It's a huge yeah. if, but yeah. you know, or do you go out there with, and they don't have Lawrence guy. So I guess it would be wise. They wise just plays a ton. So it'd still be wise Godshaw. And then probably, I don't know, maybe Daniel Aquale or maybe they elevate a defensive lineman. Maybe it's LeBron Ray. I'm missing somebody, Mike, please bail me out here. But um, a third, one of those big run stopping defense linemen. Well, okay. Did you say Sam Roberts? Uh, I didn't say Sam Roberts, but he's not. I, I'm talking. Okay, about I just, I'm just thinking D line in general. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I know I'm missing somebody. It's been a no, uh, you're good. Long day. I don't know why I can't find this here. Um, 
Who did I miss? Now this is going to bug me. Carl Davis. Carl Davis. Carl Davis. So, yeah, that's your guy, too. That's a guy so you who go, I had right. on the roster in our thing. So, you yeah. go out there with, with, you know, do you go out there with Carl Davis, Devon <laughs> Godshaw, Lawrence Guy, Daniel Aquale, right? And those guys are, you're going to get better shots to stop the run, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're then not you going to generate a pass, pass rush, rush yeah, with those guys. Right. Like, those just aren't pass rushers. So, thank you to everybody in the chat who had it. Yeah, I know. I see um, it coming in now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like, that to me is where the where the real conflict is. It's not, well, are you blitzing Rogers? Are you not? It's are you going with that base run defense and essentially daring Aaron Rodgers to win the game with all these rookie and second year wide receivers? And I don't want to say what's left of Randall Cobb. He's somehow only 31. I thought he was like 35. Yeah, that's bizarre. He feels older than that. Yeah. Right. But you know, it sounds weird saying that. Do you all right, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, go ahead, win the game. We're gonna take away to run. But, right. The way the Packers have played the first three weeks, that's almost what it dictates. And <laughs> I put it this way on my show earlier, my, my 98.5 The Sports of Patriots podcast, which people can check out. Who are you really def- Who are you really defending? Are you defending the Packers? You know, do you come in the mindset with the mindset of we're going to defend this Packers offense, or do you come in with the mindset of we're going to defend Aaron Rodgers first and right. foremost? Because those might be two different strategies, right? No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. And I, I kind of like, now that we're talking through it, we're kind of game playing yeah. here on our own here on the Patriots Beat Podcast what the right show now. Is. But yeah. yeah, exactly. I like this idea now of Blitz Rogers with what you have. And because, again, you're like I said, I was this is what I was alluding to prior before we got into, we went off on a tangent a little bit. But you're playing with house yeah. money, right? Nobody thinks you're going to win See, this but game. They, here's the thing. They don't think that way. You, you can't go down that road because I, I will tell you this. I know this for sure. They will never I – mean, I'll be, oh, they should tank. I bet Bill's tanking, you know. Well, that's different. Tanking's different, I guess, but – No, that's what you say. Here's the thing. You, you saw The Last Dance, right? Yeah. You saw. Okay. Do you remember – it's in the first or second episode when the Bulls are trying to lose that last game of the year against the Knicks because they want the draft position, and Michael Jordan legitimately doesn't understand the point. Like, yes. they have to pull him up because he, he can't comprehend – what do you mean draft right. position? Like, I'm out here. I'm playing. I'm going to win. Right. That's B- – Bill Belichick has that same mindset. He's not it, – it's not going to – it's not an option. It's not going to cross his mind. This is a game – he only has so many games that he's going to coach. He's not going to just – like, oh, well, you know, Max Hurt, whatever. We're playing with house money. Let's go nuts. No, I it's guess not, you're right. But He is going to do what it takes to win the game. Yeah, I guess that's sort of what you were talking about earlier as far as, you know – Reporting on the team, it's not what we think they should do. It's what we think we're, we right. think they're going to do. I think they should play that way. I don't know if they will play that way. It feels like that might be their best shot at it. But if they want to play the you know the more conservative route and just kind of get take what the Packers give them, then it might not end up being that way. Um, let's see. I'm just looking at some notes on the defense here. How they defend them. I think that's. I think that kind of made sense. How we laid it out there with Mills on Lazard. Yeah. Uh, Jones on Dobbs and kind of the slots, the slot in its own right. Uh, another quick thought on Rob Tunyon. He had one pretty good year, but he does not impress me the way that he impresses some other people as far as like fantasy football wise goes and kind of the stuff I see on Twitter about Rob Tunyon. I think he's fine, but like even with Duggar being out, if you can cover him with, I know Adrian Phillips is also limited, but if you can cover him with like Phillips and Jabril Peppers, I think, I don't think he's necessarily going to win a matchup against those two guys. What about what about him doesn't impress you? I'm not saying he's like a top five ten in the league. He might be no. like a fringe top ten. Let me ask you this: uh, Robert Tunyon or Hunter Henry? They're both guys who I feel like they're a little bit overrated because of their namesake. 
Like, I feel I, like Hunter Henry was such a stud in L.A. They brought him in, and he was like a short yarded and a huge red zone threat last year. And it kind of felt like he had this security blanket type feel, him and Jacoby with Mac. And he's yeah. just not impressing me either this year. He's just not, he's not getting open. He's not, I don't know, he's not that good. And I kind of feel the same way with Tunyon. I feel like Tunyon's living off that one good year he had with, again, well, some similar like red zone targets and a lot of touchdowns. Not that he doesn't so impress me. I mean, number... he's a good tight end. He's a good tight end. But if you're going to take away Rodgers' best guys and then it's going to be the Robert Tunyon game, I don't think that's a good recipe to have is my point. For the Packers or for the Patriots? For the Like for the Packers. Right. Okay. So just for context, people don't know, 2020 Robert Tunyon caught 52 passes for 586 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Last year, he's hurt. He only played half the year. He was still pretty much on that pace for catches and yards. The touchdown number was way down, but I'll give you that. That touchdown number in 2020 is inflated. Yeah, it was high. Way, way more. He's way more involved in the offense this year. He was never a volume guy. He was kind of the guy that, you know, he had to cover Devontae Adams. He had to cover this guy. He had to cover that guy. Robert Tunyon was kind of the guy that got left alone. Now, not everybody can necessarily take advantage of that. I know it sounds easy. Oh, they're leaving him alone. For tight, not every tight end can win one on one against you know the average safety. Right, Tunyon can do that. That to me is impressive. So, I Phillips to me that I, I don't want to call it a mismatch, but I, I look twice at that. Duggar should be able to take care of him. Kyle Duggar, right, should. I agree. Yeah, uh, you know if it's Adrian Phillips, it's Jabril Peppers. Uh, I, I maybe think a little bit more about it. I agree. It's it's different. Again, it's Duggar. Duggar's definitely a guy who can shut him down. But I still I I, I have a little bit too, more confidence in guys like. How uh, how big do you think Tunyon like is? Height wise or height weight both? It's like height I, weight wait yeah like how big do you think he is? Six two two thirty six two two thirty. What have I told you? He's six five two thirty seven. He yeah, like he, tall. I didn't think he was that, that tall. Oh, it's funny. Like I had the same thought with Robert Tunyon once, where I looked at oh he can move well. That's nice. Yeah. But like normally the guys the tight ends that move like him are like six one six two right. Right, really well for his size. Yeah, I don't okay. think people realize how big he is. So I didn't realize he was that tall. That's my Robert Tunyon thing. No, I, that's it's not a bad point. You talked me off the ledge a little bit again. That's why yeah. we're here. On yeah, this I, show. I, I, um, I'm not saying he's the best tight end in the league. Right. Somebody brought up Brock Bowers in the chat. No, he's not Brock Bowers. But I think <laughs> I, I think Hunter Henry, that kind of you know fringe top ten. If he's not ten, he's eleven or twelve. I, right. He probably belongs in that in that area. So are you also not forget the legend Mercedes Lewis. You know how long Mercedes Lewis has been in the NFL, Mike? Too long. I'm gonna say thirteen. He he wore the Jaguars original uniform, like the good one, like the Mark Brunel with like the black helmet, the black yeah, yeah, the black helmet with the Jaguar on the sleeve. Not only did he wear it, he wore it after his rookie year. Yeah, that's pretty. That's how long Mercedes Lewis has been. I don't know how much of a threat he is. They're not throwing the ball this year. He's a blocker at this point, but. Yeah, and he didn't um, participate hurt, today, right. so he probably won't be in. But ch- just shout out to him. 17 years in the NFL, man. You got 17? Holy mackerel. Yep. That's insane. Yep. Good for him. But all and right. Tight end, too. Not as a kicker. It's a tight end. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get into it. Um, We'll go prediction time. Thoughts on the game. I was watching last week's to kind of do a little do a little prep work here before today's show, and Spags had said that you're not much of a prediction guy, but Kind of your thoughts, I guess, then on how the Patriots can win this game at like overall. And yeah, so if you want to give a prediction, please do. We don't necessarily pick a winner and a score on this show, you know, because it's well, yeah, we're a little too analytical for that. It's more like the general 
you know, yeah. what, what kind of game is it going to be? What are the keys, like you said? Uh, and I'll say what I said earlier in the show. I think the Patriots got to run the crap out of the ball, shorten the game, fewer, like that magic number of eight possessions, right? If you can make it eight yep. or fewer possessions, you're in great shape if you're the Patriots. Great shape. Agreed. Run the ball, limit possessions, win the turnover battle, shorten the game. If they can do that, they're in good shape. I don't know if it's quite enough because it's Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of what I said last year they faced Brady. But I, I, I think you're in good shape at that point. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I mean, I'll do it because I'm relatively new to this show. I will give a prediction and a pick. I won't give a score, but I'll kind of give an angle and kind of where I think the game oh, yeah, will so, go. Oh, so yeah, so I'll say this. So I think, I it, right now, was it it's still nine and a half? Packers? Yes, nine and a half as okay. of earlier this afternoon. I actually think the Patriots cover that. I that's, think it's a one-score where I'm going game. With this. Yeah. Because I think it's a very low-scoring game. I, it's got like yeah. 19, 13, 17, 12. Like, it's yeah. going to be some weird crap like that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be low-scoring. I think the Patriots are going to play that Brian Hoyer-ish, like, long possession, slow possession kind of game that we think they're going yeah. to, similar to what they did in Buffalo last year, similar to what they did against Kansas City two years ago. And I think they're kind of built to compete that way. It had happened. They yeah. were competing. Like we said, they were competing towards the end of that Kansas City game, and then it unraveled. But, like, they can stay close in a game like that, especially against this Packers team who hasn't been as, like, 100% on offense as we thought they were going to. Um, so I think, at the end of the day, I think the Packers ultimately pull it out at the end. I think they're yeah. they're they're going to be the better team here, and they're going to show that, you know, at home in Lambeau Field. But I think the Patriots cover nine and a half, and I think it goes way under 40, 40 and a half, I think the total was. Is it 40? Yeah, it was 40 point, 40 and a half. What do they know? What do they know? I don't know, but that that's still what not it... incredibly high. That's like, I mean, you see them in the 30s every guess, once in a yeah. while, but I mean, there are games where if you Shout see like Rutgers a Chiefs. Shout out with 34 and a half. 34 and a half. Wow. Where is that Rutgers game? Rutgers-Iowa last week was the lowest, oh, lowest oh, okay. over-under between two big... F- Big uh, power five schools in the last ten years. What was the total? What was the final? I didn't see. I went over. Rucker, it went Rutgers. Over. Mm. Rutgers gave up like three pick sixes. Oh count. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I did see yeah. that. Yeah. No, I feel like those games. That kind of reminds me, and now we're getting into college football talk, which Barth is probably fired up about. But like games like that, you see like the Army Navy game at the end of the year. The total is always like 33, 34 and a half, and it always goes under. It's always like a ten yeah. seven game. You always take the under. But anyway. Anyway. Um, that's my, that's my prediction. Um, Pat's cover goes under, you can check the rest of it out. I kind of get into some players to watch and a little bit of storylines as far as the Pats and uh, Packers go. You can check that out on clnsmedia.com. That's what me and Alex have for you know, our Patriots Packers preview, but we wanted to kind of get into a little bit of Thursday night football stuff here at the end. Um, cause yep. we have a pretty good game coming up in about 15, 20 minutes now. Um, and we have the, Bengals, it's Dolphin, Dolphins at Bengals. I was thinking of yep. where the game was at. It's yep. definitely not in Miami because that place is nope. getting ruined right now by Hurricane Ian. But uh, Bengals are three and a half point favorites. I'm not sure what the total is. Um, I feel like this is a game that the Bengals are going to win. And I think they're going to kind of put Miami in their place a little bit. I think it might be close, but I think the Bengals pull it out at the end. I think they've had a tough start to the year, but prime time, Joe Burrow. Did you see what Joe Borrow pulled up in this afternoon? No. He pulled I'm up sure in some, some flowery, ridiculous suit. I know you're you're not into all that jazz. You're into let's talk about the game. So what do you think about the game? Guy. Yeah. I, where, where do you well, think can this Miami, goes? Can Miami run their 12-player uh, plays? 
right? Yeah, I, that was that. crazy, huh? Yeah. So if you didn't see it, Miami, because of the hurricane, they were practicing at University of Cincinnati, and you can see the stadium's like, it's one of those ones where it's like below ground level, right? Where you walk yeah. into the stadium and you walk down to get to the field. Um, people recorded Miami at practice because you could just walk by, the students could see in, and it was this whole thing. The Dolphins weren't pleased. And then it comes out today that the Dolphins knew they were being recorded, so they were running plays with 12 players. Uh, which do you, is, now, I don't want to say do you buy that, because if there's 12 players on the field, then of course you buy that there's guys up there. But I wonder how they could, how they knew that there were guys up there. Oh, Maybe no, you can see, you know, you could totally see. I I talked to somebody who's there, like, it, who, oh, who goes okay. to that stadium all the time. Like, okay, they weren't hiding. Like, you could see, it's very clear that you're in, in, in view of people. <laughs> I, I was not a big Mike McDaniel guy to start season. I, I'm He's growing on me. I think he's yeah. been outstanding to this point. Um, I, I like what Miami's doing. I've said this before. I, I definitely give credit and and put weight on teams that not just add talent, but build around their quarterback and build offenses that can yep. operate within the the, the skill set and the strengths of their quarterback. And I think Miami has done a better job of that than maybe any team in the league. So I'm actually very high on Miami right now. That being said, I, I if you know, the Bengals kind of, they come out of nowhere last year. Joe Burrow gets hurt his rookie year. They're a bad team. Right. Comes back off the torn ACL. Nobody knows what to expect. They're good, not great. And they get super hot in the playoffs to go to Super Bowl, right? And then people start talking about them as they, you know, the next team up potentially in the AFC. If, if, the, if the Bengals are the real deal and Joe Burrow's the real deal, like the real deal, right? I, he's great NFL quarterback. Right. But if he's like that guy, Joe Cool, he's, Joe, I'm not going to do Kerr, the, Joe, the noise Joe Burr, or whatever. Joe the yeah, Burr or whatever. Joe Shiesty. Like, that's, yeah, it's... That's not you our know, place. How but. many times did we see the Patriots? You, they did this against the Bengals, right? This is this is the they were on a Cincinnati game. They were right. whatever it was, you know, 0 2, 1 and 3, whatever, going into that game, written off. And then it's, you know, hey, they need a win, right? You know, they, they need to win this game and change the guard and torched them. Torched, torched them. them. Yep. If Joe Burrow's really that guy, he's him, as the kids like to say. And Alex, you're, are really you're killing this, it right now with all are this really stuff. This, we need you know, to get a Joe Burr out of you by the end of this thing. Super, you know, super contender <laughs> team. Miami's coming in. They're the new team. They're the hot shot. Hot shot, new coach. Yep. <laughs> Only undefeated team left in the AFC. People are ready to crown them. Coming right. into your house. The Bengals are really that team with that edge. If they're the nasty, mean AFC North Bengals, they're going to come out and, and make a statement tonight. So I agree. Uh, I, I'm torn because I do believe the Bengals are that team, but I think Miami's legit. So... I'm torn. I'm going to give it to the Bengals because I road team rarely wins on Thursday night. Dolphins have had a right. tough week dealing with the hurricane, being on the road and everything. But uh, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be game, a good man. game to watch. I'm excited yeah. for it. We got it's kicking off in about 15 minutes. A uh, couple last thoughts just on that with, you know, Tua. We kind of crapped on Tua during our first post-game show, I think, after Miami. I forget if you joined us or not, but it was me, John, and uh, Spags for a little while. Tua has impressed me a lot so far this year I think he's he's done a lot more with kind of what he has with McDaniel around him and stuff but he also kind of does himself no favors in the way like he the thing he was saying about I can't see over the linemen and like he kind of right. he, he's always he's always trending on Twitter he's always kind of a meme but I think what you said about McDaniel it's a good point too like I wasn't super high on him he's a great play caller and he learned under one of the best in Kyle Shanahan 
I kind of say that to give you a little poke because I know you're not really a Kyle Shanahan. No, guy, I, mean, but, I mean, that's all the guys from that tree. Great. That's what they right. are. There's a lot of guys are great callers. OCs and not necessarily great yeah. head coaches. McDaniels might be the, the, the or McDaniel, sorry. McDaniel, might, yeah. Might be the trend breaker. I was going to say, yeah. And I didn't have that confidence in him early as far as being a head coach because he is that quirky guy. He's five, he's 5'10, 180, whatever he is, basically a wet towel. It's like, how are you going to. When the going gets tough, how is this guy going to kind of rally the troops? We've yet to have to see that, obviously, because they're 3-0. and But if they do go down against Cincy tonight, is this their downfall? Or do they kind of – are they able to kind of rally the troops in that regard after the fact? We'll see how it goes. But um, let's also not forget – let's also yes. not forget it is the Dolphins throwbacks. Oh, top yeah. Top five yep. uniform in football against the debut of the Bengals' white helmets. The all-white uniform. That's going to be so – that- yeah also worth keeping in mind i have some uh some against the grain if you will uh uniform takes about different teams around the league like i hate i don't like the patriots red throwbacks i think they have to go it's it's not a bad take it's it's the right another (laughs) co-host no but no that's like a tenant of this show the pat patriot red uniforms are Top five in NFL they're history. Very, That's what a they're very, very overrated. Like. They're very overrated. They're not. But what about them is overrated? It's just like it, and don't say oh the British wore red. No, no, the I don't care about the British. Everyone gasses the uniforms, and it's like they're yeah they're good. They used to wear them, but then they go away, and everyone's pounding their fists on Twitter like oh we need the red ones back, and it's like why can't they bring something else back? Like no, the Drew Bledsoe see, blue the Drew Bledsoe blue uniforms with the big Pat Patriot on the sleeve. Those are much those better too. uniforms. Those are much better than Here's the red the thing. ones. Maybe the jersey's better, but the entire look with the helmet, the white helmet with the white I'm a fan of the white helmet, yeah. Here's the thing. any Across the board, across the board, white helmet, it is all football. White helmet, good look. White face mask, good look. So when you pair those two, it's excellent. Yeah, okay, I I love the flying Elvis show. If you want to say those jerseys, like the actual jersey, the entire uniform. Yeah, that's where I'm at. The entire uniform, the red is elite. Here's the thing, you're too young because you're saying, you're saying, oh, nobody cared until they got rid of them. Back in the day when the Patriots actually wore red in the rotation, right? That was always like a huge deal. When they wore red, people were like, people would buy tickets to go to the red uniform games. This isn't like a new thing, like, oh, they got rid of them and it became this weird niche hipster thing. No, the red jerseys were always, always, always a big deal. I just think the blues are better. But regardless, what I was going to say about, you know, I'm against the green uniform guy. These Bengals uniforms tonight are sick. The wet, the white helmets are sick, and I like them as an er- alternate. And it's be early en- if they were the uniform all the yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. They're good once in a while thing. It's early enough in the season too where those those candy looking uniforms that Miami wears. It's like it's they're not like wearing them in the middle of the winter, so you don't look like idiots kind of out there playing in snow in the teal. So they can right. kind of be fast in those things tonight. So it's going to be a pretty good one. Um, so I guess that's it to wrap. Uh, we gave our picks for Dolphins Bengals. We gave our picks for Pats uh, Packers. We kind of went through everything here. Um, I will be back on here alongside Alex, I believe, next week for some Pats beat. We'll recap Tuesday. the game on yes Tuesday, on Tuesday. Yeah. So we'll we'll recap the game on uh, Sunday's game on Tuesday. We'll also be on here Sunday after the game for a Pats Packers post game. So so make sure to check us out on here. Um, always read Alex on ninety eight five thesportshubcom He's got. The best stuff on that site, uh, Patriots, as well as all Boston sports in general. I'm Mike Cadlick. You can check out my stuff on clnsmedia.com. Um, we have some sports betting previews with Pats Packers and then also some games to watch coming down the pipe as well. A lot to plug, a lot to check out, but 
I'm Mike Cadlick, that's Real Alex Barth, and we will see you on Tuesday. Thanks for watching, guys.